Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is your host, Naziati Muhammad Yaakob, on another episode on Talk Architecture Podcast. We start a new series on architecture design, which focuses on design with empathy, accessibility, and universal design. In this case, we start off with the first um, discussion on design empathy and the lack of empathy in uh, that is found um, as evidence out there when um, users who may be in the vulnerable groups or disadvantaged in a way that they are a mobility impaired or sensory and cognitive impaired. So in a way that persons with disabilities may encounter barriers um, to execute or to do the things that other people do or take for granted naturally in their everyday life. May it be going to school or being at school or going to um, uh, work and at work and recreational facilities and going to the park and they may encounter barriers which does not allow them to be part of of, uh, doing what other people are doing. So so this evidence lead us to um, question whether the designer um, has considered uh, these are the users in their designs when they were designing earlier. So um, thus, uh, fo- uh, we are focus- focusing on design empathy or the lack of design empathy. Actually, there are a lot of websites out there. And in this one, I'm going to quote from yellowspark.in blog, uh, barriers to empathy that block effective leadership. So I'm not even going to go into architectural or physical barriers. I'm just going to go into barriers in general, uh, psychological barriers to be um, to be precise. Um, so the question is, are there psychological barriers to empathize? So we, when we think about physical barriers, um, it starts with attitudinal, they call it attitudinal. So in, in this sense, it could be psychological barriers, whether the designer or the persons who catering for services for people um, um, under, uh, realize this or not. So this is something that uh, we'll start off from a bigger picture rather than focus on architecture but this has a lot to do with architecture barriers. So why design empathy? There's a quote here from this uh, website, a quote, empathy is the ability to step into someone else's shoes, be aware of their feelings and understand their needs. It goes beyond simple sympathy. So empathy is not sympathy, it's more than that, yeah, deeper, uh, which is being able to understand and support others with compassion or sensitivity. So there need to be this 
the sensitivity or sensibilities, uh, sensitivity and sensibilities are quite similar there yeah? in design. Sensibilities, architectural sensibilities, you know, when you design for uh, uh, practicality or this is the design makes sense, yeah? So sensitivity would be more thinking about the user. So empathy can be tricky for people to figure out. The difference is subtle between sympathy and empathy, but significant. And it has serious implications in the way people feel about their interactions with you and how they assess effective leadership. So this was in the context of effective leadership. So uh, what psychological barriers that one is having and why one cannot be an effective leader, there are these barriers. So we would go into them now, there's seven of them. And um, the first one is fear. Now I'll put this in the context of the designer. The, uh, okay, I'll say it again. The barriers to empathetic behavior, number one is fear. So what you don't know you may fear, or you may fear, there are so many things associated to fear, different fears or different perspectives coming from not understanding persons with disabilities or older persons, having had um, experiences before of being rejected or being scolded or uh, rebuffed by uh, older person or disabled person. So you fear in terms of um, uh, how to go about it, how to actually empathize, yeah? So another one is relating to apathy or, or relating to something that uh, maybe because of the fear earlier, this happens, it could be, or it just happens. The second one is your problems are not my problems. So I'm an able-bodied person and I run up and down the stairs. I don't take the lifts. I want to do exercise, you know, keep my body fit. And I'm at a peak of whatever they, they think they are in terms of health and uh, fitness and that, uh, well, uh, your problem, it's not my problem because, uh, I mean, you didn't take care of yourself or, you know, it could be linked to some perceptions that, that, um, that uh, you know, um, why should you have an accessible car park? You can park anywhere. You know, I don't really need to design an accessible car park for you or I don't really need to design a special counter for you because I'm, I'm thinking more about aesthetics and how it, lo it looks good. I don't really care about your problem of not being able to use the counter, whether there's a knee space underneath. We have problem writing on the counter. That's not my problem because I have, I very well could write on the counter. You know, the counter is about uh, 900 meters, uh, 900 millimeters high, about three feet high so that I can stand, I can very well use the counter. So, uh, well, you know, if it's a hotel counter, I don't want it to have funny forms. It's going to be slick. So uh, if you have a problem, then maybe the, the frontline office people in a hotel, they can come to you. I mean, you could adjust yourself. Your problems are not my problems. So that, that's the second barrier, which is uh, you might find with um, designers' uh, attitudes out there when you talk about these things. 
And the third one is the poor choice of words. Uh, poor choice of words could also be uh, deemed to be uh, politically not correct choice of words. I, I, I find um, bordering on rudeness or maybe even downright rude, even it wasn't like that to me, but as I being, I'm, I'm was familiarizing with issues of persons with disabilities because um, sometimes you think that these things are not important, but for some people they are important. Like the word people behind blind people or blind person rather than the blind, you know, deaf people are not really um, concerned with words as such um, for some reason. So this cultural aspects to how people accept or not certain practices is one of the reasons that could lead to poor choice of words when you communicate with uh, persons with disabilities or other people, yeah? So number four is unhealthy internal competition. Um, for some reason, uh, there is a competition and um, this leads to barriers to being empathetic with um, the other person. Um, this could arise from um, history or what has had transpired earlier. Yeah, it led to the, the first the first one I, I mentioned about past history or past association or uh, dealings with older person or disabled person would, and also that um, maybe family background or uh, his, yeah, there's something that has happened or, um, uh, for some reason, in maybe certain countries, I find that they were envious of disabled person having the blue badge or the right to park at yellow lines uh, for a certain number of hours uh, in in the UK. So, um, so the, the the overall impression is disabled person gets away with a lot of things in in the UK in terms of the rights to many things. So. So somehow that became a competition in a way, you know, a sense of um, if you don't have a blue badge, you don't have a medical problem, but you have your own problem. So you felt that you need to compete with persons with disabilities. So this, led, this may lead to uh, less empathetic behavior when you deal with your professional capacity. So those, uh, that's the fourth one. The, the fifth one is poor listening. It's often this is quite general in a way that in order for, for, for to solve a problem, you need to listen very well or to come to some desired outcomes, uh, uh, collaborating with uh, other people that you need to have good listening skills and actually actively listen and take notes and asking back uh, to verify um, what has been said by the other person. So that is quite a general thing, but it's crucial in respect to, to, to having to have an empathetic behavior. So this is, could be one of the barriers, yeah? So the uh, sixth um, barrier is applying one's judgment. So um, I heard, I, I, I learned, or I, I kept getting this, viewpoint that um, 
some uh, persons who are not disabled, um, they tend to be condescending or look um, at the carer or the person who is the, the more able-bodied with uh, one, maybe one's a wheelchair user and a wheelchair and the other is maybe the spouse. So, but the, the, the person who's asking is the person in the wheelchair use uh, the, in the wheelchair, but the, but the person who is serving them will be looking at the carer and um, have a judgment that um, the, the person in the wheelchair is less, uh, is a lesser person in a way because you, you are actually um, focusing on the, on the carer or the spouse. So um, you have judged that this disabled person is um, not able to carry a conversation with you or not able to be conversant with you. So that's a big deal when, when, uh, when, you, uh, when someone is serving persons with disabilities, they, they, that person is physically disabled, not mentally. Well, we're not even talking about mentally disabled, we're talking about cognitively or intellectual. Um, for mental disabled person also, you cannot judge you know, that they are not able to um, communicate with you well or execute um, whatever task that is to be done. So there is this judgment of the other person unable to do what you thought or what you think that should be done. So this is barrier, a barrier to empathetic behavior. So the seventh one is not having a solution to that problem. So in this sense that um, uh, if you are serving or you are part of a professional uh, and you um, are, are doing a design of maybe anything, you know, like a, a toilet for persons with disabilities or accessible toilet, and you're not provided the solution to that problem. So uh, you haven't researched enough, you haven't understood enough, you haven't uh, learned enough uh, to actually execute a solution to that problem. So these barriers, they're all interlinked, obviously, as you know, um, from the first one to the last one that I've mentioned is a recap. What are the barriers to empathetic behavior? Fear, number one is fear. Number two, your problems are not my problems. Number three, poor choice of words. Number four, unhealthy internal competition. Number five, poor listening. Number six, applying one's judgment. And number seven, not having a solution to their problem. So these are basically attitudes to disability um, in general. Uh, this can be used, the points that have been discussed can be used to the barriers uh, to, to understanding disability or understanding what barriers are and understanding what disability are. This is like the first step to understanding disability that you actually recognize those barriers and this will help you to, under, to go forward and actually learn more and, 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 and accept certain things and accept your, your, what, what has transpired before. And, and then um, if you're interested to assist uh, in universal design, in accessibility, and generally uh, to assist persons with disabilities, 
then you will need to understand the barriers in yourself and move forward to understand to understand disability. So to understand disability and context of accessibility, that's another step that you need to do. And um, as we know, the concept of disability from um, the website um, ncbi.nlm.nih.gov, uh, for example, disability is an evolving concept. Disability is part of the human condition. Almost everyone will be temporarily or permanently impaired at some point in life, and those who survive to old age will experience increasing difficulties of in functioning. Most extended families have a disabled member and many non-disabled people take responsibility for supporting and caring for their relatives and friends with disabilities. Each epoch has faced the moral and political issue of how best to include and support people with disabilities. This issue will become more acute as the demographics of societies change and more people live to an old age. We are, um, yes, of course, now we come to uh, a time when we are seeing uh, less people giving birth, uh, the population, the uh, you know, the birth rate has lessened and um, the aging population has increased. Those above the age of 65 has increased. So from the United States statistic, 70% of persons above the age of 65 and above um, are disabled persons in some way. So one are disabled, sorry. Are, so what we want to say is, are we ready, you know, are we able to um, assimilate the concept of disability into our design intentions, uh, our way of solving problem? Uh, designers as a whole, do you understand the concept of disability and how that could incorporate in your practice of design? So, so this is a, 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 um, a some sort of a um, um, an introduction uh, podcast episode to the series and um, understanding disabilities. So sorry, first is understanding barriers and then second, understanding disabilities is the first, the very first um, um, uh, sort of exercise one would need to do or one would need to go through this before you can actually think about designing for disabled persons or universal design. So um, there are other things to consider as well, but <clears throat> this could be done and you are encouraged to join the Facebook group called Smart Design for Disabled Access in Mind. Facebook group, you're welcome to join the Facebook group, especially if you're a designer or an architect or a property developer, very much encouraged to, to come and join this group. Again, I say the name, smart design with disability access in mind. So with that, I'll stop here. Thank you for listening. We will um, hope to hear to 
for you to come and hear again for the next podcast on this series on architectural design, focusing on design with empathy, accessibility, and universal design. See you soon.